0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. This is the show that's freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time, and we are certainly in difficult days. But I am encouraged because many Americans are opening their eyes They're realizing the banks are not the safe haven that they maybe once were. And more and more people know about the Dodd-Frank law that says, if your money's in the bank, your retirement's connected to the bank, they can seize your assets. Oh yeah, Dodd-Frank 2010, look it up. And so I'm encouraged that shows like this and many of my colleagues are waking people up. And we're doing a show along those lines today. We're going to be talking a lot about the economy, and uh, everyone's talking about gold and silver, but you can't put all your eggs in one basket, or you shouldn't put your eggs in one basket in the same manner. So we're going to be talking to you about the economy generally, and we're going to be talking about the economy specifically, and how you can take advantage of the current trends that are going on. And if you tuned in today for the first time, you chose the right show to tune in to because you're going to be getting information here that could be worth a lot of money to you. Our guest today is Robert Kudla and he owns a company called Trade Genius and uh, they're a company that is still kicking butt, taking names. We'll tell you about that later in the show and let's welcome Bob Kudla back to the Common Sense Show. Bob, glad you're on. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Well, uh, in my lifetime, and, and I'm now qualified as a senior citizen. But in my lifetime, I have never seen a time such as this. I've lived through the Carter years. Uh, we lived through the gasoline shortages in the 70s. And uh, I've seen all kinds of stuff go on economically with this country. But I have never seen times such as these.
1: Yeah, you know, actually, um, what what we've been seeing is, is kind of a combination combination of factors here. So, you know, the um it's a little bit of the nineteen twenty nine ish feel combined with a little bit of the nineteen seventies feel. And it's it's really gonna depend on, you know, which one wins, but either case it's gonna be painful for for, you know, basically the United States um well worldwide, you know, the consumer and, and for for economic policy we have here now is we basically are at, at debt saturation, and that's what happened in the in the, in the late
0: 1920s. Can, can you explain what you mean by debt saturation for someone who's not familiar with that?
1: Yeah, I mean if you look at your own personal portfolio, how much debt can you take on and service, uh, with you know that making a minimum payment? Okay, that's that's debt saturation, and we are at debt saturation. So People who need access to credit aren't getting any more of the credit. It's because they either their FICO scores aren't big enough or their income cannot support taking on any more debt with the interest rates that have pushed up. You know, we have credit card debt now and the uh, average debt now is over twenty I think twenty nine percent or something like wow. that. It's serious. And then on the other side of it, people who don't need access to credit just aren't taking credit. And so we're at, we're at debt saturation. So you ever hear the phrase pushing on a string? So the, the feds at that point where, uh, it does them no good to, um, uh, you know, from, from the, I guess it's from the monetary side of things. They're now impotent. All they can do is cause harm by continuing to raise interest rates and continue to contract credit availability they can't do good. And and then on the fiscal side, the more fiscal, which is the government, the more fiscal spending you do, uh, you get the bad inflation. And so ergo, what we're seeing here is, is that the stock market, you know, everybody says, oh, it looks looking good, but it's really, you know, the top, basically 12 to 14 stocks are carrying the entire market. And then you have uh, on the uh, protection side of things is, if you guys notice, gold and silver like credit contraction. There's a misnomer that they only like inflation. They, they like inflation with credit contraction. And that's what we're getting. And then oil and energy in and of itself is just a geopolitical thing. And it's basically uh, big big money can't move into gold, so big money will move into oil. And and if you noticed uh we're now in a position where OPEC is 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 now in the driver's seat in terms of of swing production and swing pricing, and they're they're creating a um uh a move higher in energy. It crossed over eighty-two dollars today, and um our view is once over eighty-two, we're in a three-month period between April and June where oil prices will go higher. And um, and so now we have a good, really good chance that oil will go back over over a hundred dollars a barrel. Our target is potentially up to one hundred fifteen dollars a barrel.
0: Oh my, oh boy, um, what do you think that'll do to the average consumer in America that those gas prices?
1: Yeah, it'll just it'll just tip everything over, Dave. And at the same time, you have uh, the. The the economic engine that was really driving things forward was you know the lot of high income in the tech space right and in the in the fire space which fire meaning finance in insurance and real estate all those have gone away Dave so people that were making a boatload of money in real estate last year are making no money this year insurance companies are have a duration problem just like the banks do because they bought bonds that now are, are losing money and you know right now also too from the um uh statistical analysis that the payouts are higher now. So there's actually the, the average uh debt payout is, is higher than 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 they uh they planned for. So insurance companies are in trouble and and then um obviously finance with the banks are in trouble. So all those jobs are going away. And none of them are coming back ever and so now you have this phenomenon with the AI machine learning You, you know, I'm sure everybody and their brothers talking about chat, chat you know um, GPI and AI.com and all these companies is that the joke used to be Dave hey if you can't do this learn to code well the AI can code now and then the joke says well you can't code anymore you can work for McDonald's well guess what McDonald's just laid off a, a fairly sizable portion of their of their office staff so we're going to get this general retrenchment when people don't have money and we're coming into a, a, a political environment where the house republicans are going to hold the line on the democrats spending so it's a perfect storm for um for a pretty decent recession um uh coming in and i would think this recession you can technically say we're probably there already but you know the way they count it will be in a recession fourth quarter of this year all the way through twenty
0: twenty five do Do you have a sense about how extensive AI will be and i I'll just, I'll just give my own uh, family as an example. my son's getting ready to start law school, and so what uh, I'm wondering is how will professions like that in medicine you know doctors nurses teachers what what's going to happen with AI and do you have an estimate on time frames?
1: Oh, it's 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 going to be ten times faster than anybody anybody thinks is going to happen. I'll give you an example from my own personal business here. You know, we always write code to you know to make our algorithms more effective and to make our um, our bots um, you know more responsive. And we went ahead and, and looked at code that could have taken. You know, weeks for us to code and we got baseline code from the chat GPT in hours. Okay. And I'm just one guy in a million. Okay. That are taking advantage of this thing. You know, anything that's stored in a database that requires instant recall. If you have a job that that's your function, you're gone. Okay. I mean, the only thing that's going to probably protect lawyers is, is the bar association, right? But there's gonna be a lot of a lot of pressure what do you need a what do you need a legal aid for or a paralegal when when these AI programs can write out uh, anything that you need to um, have as correspondence and and you know you have a guy out there now that's been he he's been out there suing people I guess there's a um, a citizens um, a law where people that, that do robocalling – and he just has basically created a check g p t program that spits out um the demand letters for payment for violating that law, okay in the past, he'd have to sit there and do all this stuff this thing does it all for him legal ready court ready, you know file ready boom 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 boom, you know, and so you know i would I would think that. Any, and look, the medicine space is going to get affected by this too. The only people that are going to be protected are ones that have created legal moats, Dave. And that's going to, there'll be a lot of pressure on those too. What do you
0: point. mean, legal moats? Um, you got to be licensed. I see. You know, so, like being a lawyer, he,
1: you're. Lawyer, doctor, yeah. CPA, all those things. But, you know, all that stuff, there's going to be a lot of pressure on those things because, um, you know even accounting accountants and CPAs you know you 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 uh, you use these people for their vast knowledge you can go to ChatGPT gpt and you can ask it leading questions and it can answer everything for you <laughs> so there's just going to be a lot of pressure on on that amount of um uh, those amount of industries and and it's not good news for China and India because basically we now chat gpt ai could probably wipe out half the total outsourcing people do to India, okay? <laughs> they're gonna they're creating call centers now, Dave, that are purely chat what I would call AI machine learning. Mm-hmm. You don't even know you're talking to a, a a robot or a computer. That's how good they are. So okay. yeah, so it's gonna keep people it's gonna be it's gonna be breathtaking.
0: Well Bob almost seemingly off the track, but I don't think it is. I know. Last week, India drew 18 nations away from trading in the dollar to using its own currency. Is this why they're doing such a thing? Because they they fear the lost revenue from the call centers and support services. Um,
1: well, I think it's in general. You know, um, what's happening in in the emerging market, China included, if you can't generate. Uh, enough food for your people internally or generate enough energy internally you're you're basically a a vassal state or a failed state and it's going to start affecting those guys and plus the dollar has been so strong that they have no choice but to sell uh, treasuries
0: that's a problem that's uh that's pretty amazing you know the next big fight between labor and government regulation will be the licensing of robots. That, as you lay this out, oh, we could bring in the teachers. We'll just certify a robot. they just got to demonstrate certain knowledge. Empathy be damned for teach, for students. And then the same uh, thing with lawyers. Uh, they, they will know the law better than any lawyer. They'll know the case law. They'll have it at the... They don't need to do legal research. It'll be pre-programmed. And the, and the fight will be, do you let unlicensed robots... Uh, present cases in court. I, I mean, do you see it that way, too?
1: Well, I think we'll eventually get there, yeah. But uh, I think it'll work It'll work on the edges in. They'll protect that turf as long as they possibly can. Look, teachers are in big trouble, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, it does require certification in all 50 states to be a teacher, but I think they'll go through the same licensing battle with AI, and government, uh, on behalf of the corporations, will want to save money. So they'll screw the worker by relaxing the certification requirements. That would be my guess.
1: Yeah, I don't think I I think we're not going to be able to stop this. This is um, this is going to be pretty uh, uh, pretty amazing. It's I I make it to akin to when all the farmers left the farm. Okay, but this time, you know, uh, the people that are going to succeed are those who are in a position of what's called self actualization you know and you know the hierarchy maslow's hierarchy you know so you know unless you're in a position where you can add value through you know creativity right or insight or innovation you're going to um uh you you know you're you're no better than a than a minimum wage worker
0: that's what yeah exactly that's a conversation i recently had Let me jump off the catastrophic deep end just for a second. There were 1,000 people that work in AI tech at very high levels, and they want a six-month pause because they think AI is inherently dangerous to humanity. And it was even mentioned in their petition to stop uh, the work on uh, this technology that uh, eventually AI could plot against humanity and create viruses that wipe out humanity. This was in their letter. And I was shocked. I reported on that about ten days ago. Um, do you think it's going to go that far, or do you share that same concern? Well, I
1: yeah. I, I mean, look. I obviously any there's everything's a double sided coin, right? So yeah, I, I think
0: there's absolute potential, and also for bad actors. withdave dot com. That's waterwithdave.com. Save eighty dollars for a short time.
1: Just to do things as well. So uh, I know Elon Musk is totally he's totally um concerned about about AI in in, in that sense. Uh I just don't see how they're gonna stop it. <laughs>
0: you think even if there were laws passed against it, some deep, dark laboratory would keep working on it, right? You wouldn't even know it's AI. (laughs) I
1: think think what's going to probably happen, Dave, is every database database is going to be behind a paywall. Okay? So that these, these spiders that are out there searching for data, you know, uh, won't, 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 get access to it.
0: Unless these sentient programs can devise workarounds. Yeah, but then it becomes a legal issue, right? So, but I'm just, ta- I'm talking about from a,
1: you know, normal functioning civilization, like if ChatGPT penetrated Sony's music library, right? And then started giving out free songs, right? They would sue that entity to stop doing that. So I think what you're going to find is that that's what a lot of people are complaining about, especially in Europe. It obliterates privacy. So, uh, I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to probably see the other level down deeper in, in in, in an internet structure that, that you're going to, everything that you have that's of intellectual value is going to be behind a, behind a wall that, you know, unless it's a hacker won't be able to legally access that that information
0: you know I, I wished you were wrong but i fear strongly that you're right so how do people look at this situation and say well if i can't beat them i better learn how to join them and make money doing that uh well, what, what, do you, yeah. what would you say to that
1: you have to learn how to ask good questions so what i would recommend to people is learn <laughs> learn the socratic method okay you have to realize when you're talking to an ai you're actually talking to a two-year-old okay a two-year-old that has vast and instant recall but it it can't it can't it can't uh intuitively understand what you're trying to ask it so you have to ask it a number of different ways you know there's some things that are fact-based that of course you know you know, what is, what are, name the leg bones, right? You know, how many different ways you ask that question. But, but if you, if you're trying to draw inferences and things of that nature, you're going to have to learn how to ask good questions. And, and that's, that's, you have to understand the Socratic method. Uh, and then that way you'll be able to interact with this thing. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bullish or bearish on it. I just, you know, I just see it as tremendous opportunity. You know I put the shoe on the other foot if I was China and India and Germany I would be worried but I'm in America here and I could take additive manufacturing I could take an AI system and I can um, put myself right next to the steel mill and say hey guys guess what Uh, I can produce this supply for you locally okay you don't have to wait four months to get it from China you don't have to worry about any getting caught in any kind of sanction thing, you know. Uh, I can run smaller runs for you at a lower price because I don't have the overhead. I don't staff up because my entire white collar staff is 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 an, are are chat bots and and worker bots, right? And and uh, I'm using robotic precision manufacturing to produce what I need to when I need to. Uh, I just think it'll be a renaissance in some ways. For countries like the United States, less so if you're a mercantilist country, which mercantilist means export focused. So just look for those opportunities. The other thing too, Dave, look, you know, you know, you and I range into the politics. I wouldn't want to be a blue state person in a blue city, okay? Because um it's shifting the the, the money's gonna be made in the hinterlands versus the coast. So the closer you are to primary production, the, the wealthier you're going to be over time. Those who have been sucking on the on the teat of the producers are going to find themselves uh, sol. You know, because <laughs>
0: that's pretty blunt. But I agree with yeah, you. I agree yeah, with yeah.
1: you. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of these guys got rich by being intermediaries, right? This just wipes out levels and layers. And, you know, and you can't sit there and you're going to get to a point where, you know, like for a second, New York City, what do you need? What what is the value of New York City in an AI robotic uh, high interest rate environment? There's no value to New York City. OK, um, you know, and they said, well, it's a cluster of people. The pandemic response proved that people don't need to cluster to be fine. OK, they could be anywhere. And the productivity enhancements that are going to come from from this are going to be are going to be profound. So yeah. So can you elaborate you know,
0: on that a little bit when you say the the production aspects of this? I agree because there'll be more efficiency, but how will yeah. that show up in daily life?
1: Well, what will show up in daily life is that. Well, first of all, there's the non-monetary one, right? So I I, I use as many of these AI programs as I can to keep me from having to do. Dull work, okay. I hate dull work. I want to be creative, okay. Uh, So that's number one. You're going to see number two is you're going to see the basically version 2.0. I'm not going to live near near a crazy city, okay. So now I got all my technology. I get all my resources. The reason why I had to walk down the hall and talk to Joe is because Joe had stuff in his his brain that I need it. Well, guess what? I don't need Joe anymore. I got a computer; that has a brain to give me what I need, and so you're going to be able to you're going to be able to just be more independent as an individual, or a small team. And those small teams, I mean, some of the stuff you could do now in terms of team meetings and whiteboarding and and workflow are just incredible, and and so you're not going to need to be in the office at all, and so that's gonna that's going to uh, I think accelerate the migrations that we're seeing.
0: Wow, this is uh, mind-boggling. Uh, l- but let me ask a more an esoteric question, but but I have seen some things to justify my question. AI and its relationship to a person's spirituality, sense of morality, and, and some of the X factors that make up our personality. Uh, w- what do you see the interface being between human beings on that level and AI. Oh, AI is soulless. Is soulless. Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm saying I think that's a danger. Yeah, and, and and the, soul. Doesn't that serve to be perhaps a danger to people's, uh, uh, let's say, evolution as a human being with attributes like empathy, spirituality, and so forth?
1: Well, I think we lost a lot of empathy as we isolated everybody. You could just see it. You can see, as the Bible says, in the end, people's hearts will wax cold, and I think that's what we're seeing. People are just being very, very. Sorry, my computer. Um, being very, very. Um. Uh, I wouldn't say cold, but you're just you're just you. You have no need to have empathy because you're just you're you your social group has shrunk even more, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, from a spirituality standpoint is that, you know, I mean, we can go off on a tangent here, but I think the, I think the, uh, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit determines how much spirituality is in the world in my view. So he's the, he's the comforter. He's the one that, that motivates souls to Christ. And, uh, and so, you know, um, you can see the world today is just rejecting God. So I think uh I don't think AI is doing anything more than 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 enabling people's hearts as they were going. But I was always of the opinion is that, you know, people think, you know, trying to recreate their early nineteen fifties America, you know, um there's many times in America's past where where, you know, people being godly were were waning and you had to have these revivals, right? So I I think a lot of people, you know, are are leaving God and they're trying to go to spirituality, but they're trying to define it themselves, okay, which is a disaster. Because you make your own rules of what is right and what is wrong.
0: Okay, so now we get into more of the personal. Um, You mentioned earlier you were using AI to some degree in what you do because you're in the prediction business to some degree. Uh, Talk about how AI has penetrated in your reliance on AI for your business at Trade Genius.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call it we rely on it. We we, uh, uh, adapt to the tools that it's giving us. So the way we trade, Dave... um, You know, and it's funny. You know, prediction. You know, we call them probabilities, right? The market is is absolutely unpredictable, so we use what's called probabilities. And the way the way in which we look at the universe of, and I'll just talk about the stock market for the moment, is that there are broad seasonal events that drive whether or not you're in and out of the stock market or in and out of sectors. And it drives all the way down to, you can look at the market basically as a, uh, a sine wave. You know what a sine wave is, a radio wave. Mm-hmm. And, and the market likes to drift over time, uh, up and down across the media, median. Uh, and, and so what we do is we have, a, we have an algorithm that's looking at, you know, seasonals. We have an algorithm that looks at the, um, what we call the range, right? That creates that sine wave and that's through Fibonacci's and and so on and so forth. Fibonacci is, you know, the golden rule, the golden, you know, number. So, uh, the market is absolutely, uh, anchors to that. And then, and then we just look at, um, you know, the, um, uh, basically the direction. So is it trending up or is it trending down? Or is it trending flat? And those give us probabilities of will we profit from a trade and we trade what's called outside in. So if it gets too far away from the median and the trend is, is doing what we want to do and it's inside the range, um, we will take that trade. Okay. And we'll present that trade out to our subscribers. And, and so, so we are less in prediction than we are in probability. You know our system, if it sees these things enough times, okay, it knows that this is a uh, a good trade, and so um, so that's what we've done, and we've adapted some additional filters based on that. And I was telling you, uh, Mike, you know, for the longest time, our system we were about sixty sixty three, sixty four, sixty five percent win rate, um, and now our our system is up over sixty six percent and that's not a small event, you know, pushing it up one, one and a half percent over many, 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 um, trades is, is, um, is big news for us. And our profit factor is still strong, which means we make more money when we win versus when we lose on a trade. And, and those things are, we're applying additional math to, 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 you know, to manage those losses, you know, as well. So, and also to extend the gains, so that's what we've been doing. It works out quite well, you know. So we're not guru based. Always ask, you know, just because I'm the guy talking, it's all math, and and um, and the judgment is is you know for you personally as a subscriber is are you interested in that trade or not? So it's not a uh, it's not an auto trade. You, you know, you still have the hand on the steering wheel, so you can pick and choose what you think will work for you and that's what we do and it's very effective and you know if people want to trade with us you just go to our our site com, and we trade the stock market we trade the cryptocurrency markets we've had a tremendous run in the last couple of weeks with bitcoin and with the the miners that are associated with it we've had we're breaking out gold It's never been higher you know we're now breaking out in gold long suffering silver's moving Energy's moving, and those are the uh, those are the areas and the seasonalities that are 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 telling us that's where you put your money. Start leaving the tech space, definitely be out of the finance space, but that's where the money is.
0: Interesting. Does that relate to SVP banks failure uh, leaving the tech space?
1: Um, no, but that probably shined a bright light on it. We were always of the of of the view. That as money moves into hard assets, it's going to move out of the, uh, high tech, um, arena because of the interest rates moving up. Dave, there are hundreds of billions of dollars of loans at these tech companies that are going to get repriced at four to 500% higher than they were before. These guys are going to choke on debt and interest payments. And I don't think people realize this, but 40% of the Russell Two thousand is um, cash flow negative, so they rely on they rely on Dave they rely on on credit.
0: The common sense show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals from my pillow, for example they 've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers women 's lingerie uh, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Okay. That's
1: amazing. And so they're all going to have to dilute their shares. And so we're like, stay away from those companies. Go where the money's going. Money's moving into hard assets. You notice world trade is collapsing. They're starting to nationalize mines around the world. So, we're focused on U.S., Canadian, basically Anglo, Anglo country uh, production is, is going to be the theme over the next couple of years.
0: Well, we're seeing a move away from the dollar, now, very clear. The resurgence of the BRICS and the expansion of those nations, and then what India did with 18 nations. Even Mexico's jumped ship on using the dollar. How does that affect the market and what your company deals with?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna take a different view on it. King dollar is still king. All this stuff is noise. They're trying to um uh, uh they're 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 trying to uh create a, an environment, they're they're trying to will something to happen that will never happen. So um king dollar is still king. King dollar will be king ten years from now. But that doesn't mean the dollar can drift down and the drift up and so on and so forth. We're we're actually been We've been killing these people with the, with higher interest rates and strong dollar. Money is moving to the United States from these countries and they're starting to freak out. So because they can't handle a strong dollar, they're trying to trade in their own currencies. But at some point, Dave, you know, will an Indian, will an Indian and, a, and an Argentinian, um, you know, a farmer in Argentine, Argentina, is he going to trust getting Indian rupees if India's rupees are falling, right? They want something stable. And so this experiment will fail. But it doesn't mean that the dollar is strong against commodities. Mm -hmm. The dollar is just going to remain strong against these other currencies. You know, people are talking about everybody selling the U.S. um, (coughs) uh, treasuries. People are selling off the Chinese treasuries, too. Everybody's trying to raise cash now, Dave. And so I think the dollar is going to... The dollar is going to remain um, the king. And maybe our next podcast, we could talk about the rise of the central bank digital stuff. Yeah, exactly. and, And talk less on the politics side of it, but more on the practical side of it and how that's truly going to change things.
0: Okay, so so let me take a layman's approach here. I think I'm going to know your answer, but I think some people in the audience might want some clarification on this. The U.S. is $32 trillion in debt, and nations say they're moving away from using the dollar in trade or coming to get the petrodollar before they buy oil. Um, How does that not negatively and greatly affect the value of the dollar and therefore the average American?
1: Yeah, because uh, every, every other countries are more indebted to their GDP than we are, so it's all relative.
0: And and when you say they're they're married to their GDP, um, it does does that mean basically the U.S. Is, is is married to its credit system as opposed to its GDP?
1: Other than the Middle Eastern countries, our debt to GDP is lower than everybody else's in the world. Okay. But That's why.
0: I, okay. I, I still I, and I and I'm familiar with what you're talking about, but I still think I, I'm concerned from a personal standpoint about our debt to GDP. Is there an implosion point that we'll reach where the dollar will decrease significantly? Maybe not uh, catastrophically deflate, but just uh, have a dramatic effect that affects the way we live our lives.
1: Yeah. Just for your listeners, forget about the dollar as it is against other currencies. It's what the dollar can buy that's all that matters. And that's why you see oil going up. That's why you see gold going up, silver going up. That's where you want to own. That's your protection. Don't worry about the dollar yen. Don't worry about the dollar yuan. All those currencies are being faced with the same problem as the US is. Okay. Is what can their, what can their, what can their fiat buy from a commodity standpoint? And so that's why me personally, and the, and the sectors that we follow are those that are going to protect people, gold miners, silver miners, food companies, um, the uh, energy, the, the entire energy sector. And so that's where you're going to make your money. That's where you're going to protect your family. Okay. You know, Apple's not going to do it for you, right, unless you're going to eat it. Is that, you notice know, computer shipments dropped off 30% year over year in Apple. So when people are worried about feeding their family, they're not going to be buying the latest Apple. And so you have to start thinking in those terms. We're sliding down the Maslow thing to safety and protection.
0: I understand. And,
1: And you want to own those stocks. And then you're going to outrun the inflation.
0: Yeah, You know, I once went to a training seminar on how to invest in the market. And uh, my wife and I, I think we were just engaged at the time. And so we went to a local college and and took this three-part seminar. And what they said was, no matter if the economy goes to hell in a handbasket, people are still going to need baking soda and toothpaste. Buy the things or invest in the things that people are going to need. That's kind of what you're saying here, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to buy things that that are tangible and that will hurt if you drop it, but you need it. So, uh, so you know, there's a lot of things that are tangible, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to buy lawn furniture, right? If you can't afford to eat. So, it's just you know, look. And you look, look at Costco, right? Costco is a classic example. Uh, all the Costco, Walmart, Target, their their profits are being eviscerated because they made their higher profit margins on the stuff you want, not stuff you need. And and nobody's buying the stuff you want. It's already happening. It's not going to happen. It is in process right now. And so those are the things that you have to uh, bear in mind. But the good news is they're all out there and they're not overbought yet. I mean, this is the market. This is the first time I think in my entire trading life is that you're getting an opportunity to get out of bad stuff and get into good stuff before before the dam breaks
0: so there's you know, there's a pre nineteen twenty nine uh warning is that what I'm hearing yeah
1: I mean or pre seven seventy three warning it's just uh, <laughs> uh it, it, but screaming at you for the, because the democratic party and it's not on them, they want to be reelected so they're trying to they're trying to fill the dike right, but the water keeps filling behind them, and everybody's sitting there saying everything's good, everything's good, everything's good, get the cash. You know, you're getting five percent on your money in 90-day T-bills. Okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And and move your money out of these crazy stock tech companies and you know that are on their last hurrah here. And, and you know they're not making new highs. These are big dead cap bounces that are failing.
0: Okay. So. so now, uh, I think you're exactly right. So what I'm seeing is a, a picture of there's going to be perhaps catastrophic reductions in some areas with the contraction in our economy but there's going to be uh surges in some isolated markets is that pretty accurate to say it that way
1: yeah and and at some point it'll all roll over but right now that's where you want to move your money you want to move your money to where it hurts and gold and silver loves contraction so um um You know, and they're all moving right now. So, this is the move before you go into the really deep recession. And then, in the deep recession, you just buy bond funds and uh, uh, where everybody's going to be racing to protect themselves. And then you'll make your money there. In 2008, you made 100% on your money in bond funds. I'm talking about treasury bond funds, not company bond funds. So, there's always, in this wheel, there's always a place to go and and you know we help our our subscribers you know understand where the where the wheel is rolling
0: wow that's that's pretty amazing so okay let's back out and take a narrow picture now the average person comes up and says bob goodley you're doing pretty well in all this okay what should people be doing right now economically what would be what would be your guide if you were to give them a guide
1: yeah if you have, if you have non fixed rate debt get out of debt number 1 Number two, if you have a sizable portfolio, you need to start shifting that money into treasuries and into cash. You know, my view shift your money over to energy and gold and silver miners, basically the safety trade. And if you want to trade, come to Trade Genius and trade with us. We'll, uh, you know, we'll put together some nice specials for your listeners, Dave 65% off, seven bundles. You can pick and choose what you want to trade stocks or crypto or get training. And then you could throw a promo code spring on there if you want to just peruse the uh you know the um, the price sheet and see if there's anything in particular you like and use promo code spring and get thirty five percent off and we'll hold that special open to you to the weekend Saturday the fifteenth
0: that's a pretty good deal you, I've got some yeah the boys here you shared with me you know i had 5000 it's gone to 75000 and uh, they're talking about redoubling their money here and this i mean this is success stories here that i'm reading are pretty pretty impressive but there's another variable i want to bring in i personally I'm no longer buying into the catastrophic predictions. We're going to have a nuclear war. Uh, Ukraine this, Ukraine that. China attacks Taiwan. We're going to lose six percent of our trading budget because Taiwan's so heavy in the semiconductor business. Okay, all of those stuff. I think right now these military potential conflicts are about whose economic system is going to be superior. And I think that neither side is willing to go to nuclear war. What what do you think about that?
1: It's all posturing for domestic purposes. So, look, China, you know, let's say China really, really wanted to take Taiwan. It's, you know, we talked about this before. It's a pariah victory. You know, the West would literally shut off exports to China overnight. And, and, um, and you know, number two is you know, depending on what they do, you know, uh uh Taiwan has the capability of, of uh causing some great harm to China in the process, you know? And and so I don't really understand I don't understand you know, China's you know, China's game on this might be just a bunch of brinksmanship, okay? And try to destabilize Taiwan a different way, like through embargoes and stuff like that. But the Russia-Ukraine thing to me is just, um, you know, the big is a big head scratcher. So, um, uh, you know, we're 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 essentially at a stalemate there. But uh, Russia seemed to have come out of it okay. They got what they wanted, and um, so I don't know if that's just going to be some sort of detente. Russia is not going to expand further than than where they are. Because fighting Ukraine is different than fighting Finland with F-35s, okay? <laughs> or Poland with F-35s and 10,000 missiles, who would have no problem pumping those missiles into Moscow, okay? And so I think um, I, th- I think whatever's happening there. The weird thing that's happening, though, is is really what's going on in the Middle East. So that might be a flashpoint where those... Where those people may take a shot at Israel again. Okay. And, um, you know, we have big brother Russia. So just, you know, kind of keep an eye on that. That one may happen. I mean, it won't end well. I mean, you know, Israel has nuclear weapons. They would use them if they thought their existence was, was in doubt, you know, but they're, they're kind of feeling their oats a little bit with, with Russia. So that area is more of an interest to me. And that's the reason why I own energy stocks because uh, I think you saw a couple of weeks ago, I told people there's a rule in trading oil. You don't want to be short oil over a weekend. <laughs> and uh, and people got their heads handed to them about four or five weeks ago when, when Saudis announced the production cut. Our subscribers were fat, dumb, and happy because we were in oil. <laughs>
0: Well, I I think that's that's good but I I don't know Russia has influence over Iran I I really don't think it's going to get to the boiling point much over a few skirmishes in Syria that's related to this whole scenario but I don't think we're going to see the all out breaking out of war but I do agree with you if Israel felt its existence was threatened they wouldn't hesitate to unleash holy hell and they're not going to let Iran become a nuclear power that's I'm sure that they'll move yeah. to stop that from happening too, but the thing that I see, you know, and I agree with you about Ukraine. And let me tell you what I'm hearing: uh, Ukraine in Ukraine, Russia has what they want territorially, and they're now building permanent structures militarily. In other words, they're digging in to defend what they have. And and uh, but what about the the brick nations here? Russia's uh, starting that ball rolling with the ruble and gold backing it. Is that a threat to the U.S. economically?
1: No, because I don't view um, the brick nations as as <clears throat> competitors. You know, they're all highly socialist, socialistic, authoritarian, and and um, uh, you know economically weak countries, you know, the they're very bureaucratic. You know, you got Brazil, Russia, India and and China. Look, China is in a world of hurt. Okay. It's just say, you know they, they don't even they don't even post their economic numbers anymore. You know, the CIA has to measure how much coal being imported so they can see whether or not the the electric lights are staying on. You know, India can't feed themselves. India doesn't have enough energy. Okay, Brazil has both, but Lulu's a nut, and he'll he'll um, you know, look, socialists find a way to screw them, screw their 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 country up. So, you know, who, who's going to invest in these countries? You know, you try to invest in India, the bureaucracy is Byzantine. You try to invest in in Brazil, you don't know if tomorrow they're going to nationalize their country, your your company, you know. So I don't worry about those countries at all. You know, I was more worried about Germany cooking up with Russia, but it seems that have seemed to uh, that have seemed to uh, die down of late. Unless Germany feels so desperate that they're going to cut a deal with Russia to get cheap energy. Exactly. Then.
0: You know, I wrote an article about that in 2014 when uh, the overthrow of Ukraine took place. I I said uh, Russia can just shut off all their natural gas and they get about 40% out of Russia. And I actually predicted fragmentation in NATO. But I don't think it's going to come from Germany now. Here's a major development, Bob, as I see it. Uh, the French president uh, goes to China they appear to be buddy buddy, and he comes back and says uh the EU needs to move away from the dollar. And I'm saying, wait a minute, who who funds NATO? Who's defending Europe? And it's, are we going to see the fragmentation of NATO over this shift by uh, the French president?
1: I don't know. the The, the French always seem to try to remember. The French were never part of NATO. Then they, then I don't know if they nominally joined or whatever, but. Uh, um, the The French look; they have delusions of past glory, okay, and so they're trying to uh, they're trying to carve out the third way in which they always do. But I think they ultimately will fail. But Germany, you know, G- Germany and France are tied at the hip, but I don't think they necessarily love each other. You know, so I, d- I doubt the Germans are going to let the French do do too much. You know but look nato really look nato really is now on the eastern flank of the U- of of europe anyway right you know uh poland hungary um you know um romania you know the latvia you know the baltic nations finland those that's that's really nato okay um you know Russia's not going to invade germany or france or england but you know they may try to screw around with those countries and so that's where the bulwark of NATO is anyway. NATO is not going to be involved in the Middle East, Middle Eastern squabbles anymore. I think, you know, the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war kind of cured them of, of being part of America's, you know, nation building. It's going to be strictly a defensive treaty, you know, to protect from some sort of, some sort of, you know, fight that may come out of Russia at some point. But. But yeah, so really, NATO to me needs just to be re, re, reconfigured anyway, you know, and um, and so yeah, so don't worry about NATO. So much. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd I'd pull out completely, except that I wouldn't wouldn't want to leave Poland and Hungary and Romania, you know, uh, uh, because Poland it seems to always get invaded by Germany and 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 Russia at some point.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> And I agree the Baltic nations are at risk if that happens. That's To me, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, the Baltic nations are worth protecting. And, and I agree that, that they are in danger, and they know they're in danger. And, but, you know, there's something else I see here, too, and we're going to have to take kind of a short answer on this. But I see this hysteria coming out of the mainstream media where, you know, and I, I just did a YouTube on this. I just said, China is not capable of occupying the United States. And I went through five reasons why I believe that was true based on discussions I've had. But the mainstream media wouldn't have you believe that. And is that because they're acting as an agent for the military-industrial complex to justify increased spending?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, look, anybody that has their uh, their, their their tap into the American taxpayer is always going to uh, try to create, you know, Fear to drive money in their direction, so of course um you know i'm just surprised the media went so far to the deep state <laughs> they used to be the they used to be the opposition party, and now they're now they 're the cheerleaders, so it just shows you money co ops everything, and that's that's where we are right now
0: well, the deep state owns it that that's absolutely right well let 's review. What we told people that they should really be in line with here, and to start the show off, you had mentioned gold, silver, and energy. So let's just take your company. How did that? How do those uh, um, desired destinations for investment money? How does that end up in uh, Trade Genius? How do you handle that?
1: Oh well, you know, we we look for our our buy algorithm to give us buy signals, and we pass those those trade suggestions on to our clients and we also give them access to um our our indicators that they can go ahead and they can search and create their own watch list as well based on you know the the algorithms that we have available to them or they can just get in the chat room and ask us and and we also have training for them too so so yeah so you went
0: over that really quickly hold on so you're saying if i sign up for trade genius today that I'm going to be able to go in the chat room and ask you investment questions before I do anything. And I can also get additional training.
1: Well, yeah, depending on what, what, what level of service that you purchased. Yes. So, you know, you can ask us questions, you can type, you know, chat questions to us. You can ask personally out loud questions. You can, you can request training or you can simply get the indicators or get the trades that we push out to our, our subscribers so it depend on what bundle you, you you go what level you you uh, take with us but yeah all those things are true
0: that that's you know it's interesting because I've talked to you for many years now and your win rate is off the charts N- no one that I know of is winning two out of three trades and that's effectively what you're doing and and so I, I guess what I'm wondering is why aren't more people imitating your success I know of no one that's doing what you're doing
1: I I don't know you know I know a lot of people day trade we're not a day trading service uh, we don't like to chase the fads you know we, we have our, our process and our process works and, and so we just uh, you know we leave it at that you know we're we like everybody to be successful we don't oversell our service we don't we don't hype gains you know the best way to get rich is slowly and and we think this is the best model to do so. So just remember, Dave, when you're the lead dog, if you turn backwards, you're no longer the lead dog.
0: No, I, so I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and, and since we've been talking, our early discussions never had much to do with the importance of AI. I mean, I knew you, you had your bots that made its its suggestions on where to go. But I'm hearing more of a sophistication now than I've ever seen before.
1: Well, is it becoming more available? Remember, AI is a pretty broad term. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, we just think look, we're always scanning and scouring for better 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 tools to incorporate into what we do. And that's just being smart common sense.
0: Well, if I was to do what you're doing, I would model my business after what you do. That's why I just flabbergasted that no one's imitated. I mean, can you name for me anyone that's getting on a consistent basis. You've been doing this for years where they went 2 out of 3 trades. Can you name any company that's having that success?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't really look around, but I you know, I think it's we're, we're pretty much we're pretty much at at um I hate to use the word elite. What we do is good enough, okay? And, uh, it, you know, we do this in a low-risk environment too, Dave, so which is even more important.
0: You know in a high school I used to coach at when I was a young teacher and young high school coach in Colorado, we used to host the medalist clinics, so the top coaches around the country would come in and long, long, long time ago Woody Hayes came in and people said, Woody, aren't you worried that some of the schools are now throwing the ball more? And and here's what he said, he said, no uh, we've done very well we've won Rose Bowls uh, and won championships doing three yards in a cloud of dust. Two two things can happen out of three when you pass the ball, interception or incompletion. And he said, I don't like to put my faith in stuff like this, so I'm not going to follow the trends. Do you know, I think that I'm talking to the Woody Hayes of investing.
1: Oh, you know, look, we know it works. And so, uh, look, and, um, you know, you can put all kinds of fancy things around trading, but it's always it's still the same thing. It's still fear and greed, yeah, and intense fear, greed, and intensity, and we just tap into that mathematically.
0: Well, if you want to take advantage of Trade Genius opportunity, um, you've got until Saturday this weekend at midnight, and uh, you get 35% off the non-bundled items. The coupon code is Spring, and you're hearing right here the win rate is going up and it's over two-thirds of investments are successful, Trade Genius. Hard to lose money and easy to make money when you're doing that part of it. Bob, I want to thank you for joining us and continued good fortune, and thanks for the economic insights. I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.